On today's episode, we are honored to be welcoming back Dr. Kathy Suber. She is just a fantastic human being, a wealth of knowledge, and an amazing chiropractor. Beck and I both may be a little bit biased, but she has helped us tremendously with our pregnancies and even outside of pregnancy. So we're going to take a deep dive into understanding how chiropractic care can support constipation. We also talk a little bit about the kiddos and how chiropractic care can help them early on in their life, not just with constipation, also with ear infections. So listen and learn from Dr. Kathy, and I put all of the links in the show notes here if you want to reach out and connect with her. She is always willing to answer questions. Live your life within the moment, moment, and don't go wait until the morning, morning. You never know when it is over, over. All that I know is Welcome back to the Food Code. We are so excited to bring back Miss Dr. Kathy Suffer, dear friend of mine. And she, we have had her on the podcast a couple of times. Mm-hmm. We've been on yeah. her podcast a couple of times. And she is a chiropractor and just one of the best humans in the world. And so I asked her to come back on today and talk about uh, chiropractic care as it relates to constipation, um, because I think this is a topic that needs to be touched on. Um, If you guys follow me on Instagram at the poop queen, you know that I'm constantly talking about bowel movements and the need to go to the bathroom one to three times a day. And so if you're someone who's struggling and you've tried all the things, maybe you've changed your diet, fiber, you've added water in, electrolytes, magnesium, you've done all the things and you're still not finding relief, maybe it's time for you to seek help from a chiropractor. And I know that she helped me so much during my pregnancy. That's how we met. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you so much, Liz, for having me on. I always love it. You sent me that text. I was like, oh, that'll be fun. I love talking about poop. It really makes me excited. (laughs) (laughs) And the poop queen, I'm like, that's beautiful. I love it. (laughs) Yes. So Becca's here with us as well. Hi, Becca. Hello. Hello. How are you? Great. Thank you. I am excited. I I mean, you know, I think chiropractors are severely underrated. They're getting more and more attention now. I think the world is moving more towards hopefully a functional space um, Yeah. because gosh, the power in it is just like, it's so huge and for all types of things. And so we're going to obviously touch on constipation, but I do definitely want to touch on a little bit, you know, for those of you that don't suffer with constipation, like, you know, considering for other ailments, headaches, you know, all types of chronic things that you deal with that can probably be resolved. And then I also want to touch a little bit on how sometimes people feel worse after massages or chiropractic care and what that can sometimes mean in terms of toxicity within the body. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll kind of start off with how many patients have come in over the years? I've been a chiropractor for 20, going on 25 years now. How many patients have come in? They filled out all their symptoms on their new patient form. They've done all that stuff. And after one, two, three visits, they come in the room, into my adjusting room, and they're like, I have something really weird to tell you. And I will look at them and say, are you pooping better? And they say, Yeah. How did you know? I said, because of all the people that tell me that you did not put constipation on your paperwork. They're like, well, I don't really like to talk about it, but I realize I I only go, you know, once a week or once every, you know, twice a week or something. I'm like, yeah, that's not good. And they said, as soon as I started getting adjusted, I'm just going really regularly. And I'm like, 
That's amazing. And yes, that's the power of the body. And the fact that our nervous system controls every single, every single function of our body. It innervates every muscle, every organ, every process. And if there, I mean, just at the highest level, if there is any interference with the nervous system, you're going to have dysfunction on some level within the body, depending on where that nerve goes to. I saw, I heard something the other day and they were like, when you have an attempt to try to change your body, you're going to realize real quick, you are not in control of your body. Your nervous system is. <laughs> and very specifically the autonomic nervous system is um, there's two branches of that. There's the parasympathetic and the sympathetic sympathetic is that fight or flight. All of a sudden a bear comes up to you and you, you know, have superhuman strength and you can run really fast and, and your body just, you know, shoots out all these things. Um, and then the parasympathetic is in control of the things that we don't think about. So think about our breathing or our heart rate or our blood pressure, our digestion, um, our pooping, right? That's stuff that we don't really, we're not sitting there going, okay, stomach, do your thing. You know, our body does that for us, which is unbelievable. But again, that process, those processes need the proper nerve intervention or uh, uh, innervation uh, to, to be able to work properly. Yeah, I, I love this. And, um, you know, I just want to kind of talk briefly on how common constipation is, because for those of you listening, again, if you follow me on uh, Instagram, you know, my spiel to you is that if you're not pooping one to three times a day, you're not detoxing. Conventional medicine says constipation is less than three bowel movements per week for longer than three months. But that is just so not bad. acceptable. Um, you know, <laughs> constipation is the number one trigger for Parkinson's disease. And, and we really cannot um, sweep these things under the rug. It's something to take serious. You need to be eliminating all of that waste and you got to get to the root cause. You know, what's going on? Is it, again, something that adjustment can help you with or are there a variety of things? You may need to be doing multiple things until you get things flowing and moving and support your central nervous system. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, just how common, you know, you see this in the practice. If you can maybe, you know, I don't know, ballpark, like a percentage, yeah. if that's possible. You know, I think it's something that a lot of people don't feel comfortable talking about. I always enjoy talking to kids about it because we can just make it fun. I'm like, everyone poops, right? And they think it's funny and they laugh at me. Um, but it's not necessarily the most comfortable thing to talk about. So I think I'm when I actually see patients and like what percentage, I think there's more patients than actually tell me that it's going on. And I think also people don't really understand how, how often they should be going. Like you're talking about the one to two times a day when people are like, Oh yeah, I'm good. I mean, every couple of days I go to the bathroom and they don't understand that that's a problem. So man, to put a number on it, I, I think it's more than anyone would suspect as uh, on top of like how dehydrated most people are because they don't drink enough water. Right. So obviously water and pooping have, have a correlation. And like you said, sometimes you have to do a number of different things. You know, magnesium is important. Magnesium, the uh, woman that works in my office that does functional uh, medicine, she's our practitioner. She's just like, magnesium is like a cascade. Like there's 300 um, processes in our body that magnesium helps. I'm like, wow, that's pretty, I mean, it's pretty amazing. So the more you learn, the more you learn about the body and you dive into it, you realize how much more you need to know. <laughs> and, you know, there's some great, great, great MDs out there, right? However, I've had so many people where I bring up the vagus nerve. I know we're going to talk about the cranial adjustment and some of the work that we do. Um, and they'll have 
a myriad of symptoms. I'm like, well, has anyone told you about the vagus nerve? And I explain exactly what that is and that it controls, you know, a lot of the digestive tract. Um, I think it innervates the small intestines and two thirds of the large intestine. And that comes directly out of your brain and through your head and down your body and controls every single, every single part of, um, of that digestive function. And if there's misalignment in your upper neck and there's pressure on that vagus nerve, your, your whole digestive tract is not going to be working as well. So, um, I don't know. It's fascinating. It is so fascinating. So fascinating. And, you know, we've talked a lot of times with our clients about, you know, vagal tone stimulation. You know, we have some clients who will come in and say, for example, you know, I don't feel comfortable taking, you know, capsules or pills, or I often choke on them, or I feel like they're in my esophagus. And so we'll give them some vagal uh, tone activities in addition to saying, Hey, you may want to look at some adjusting, you know, with your uh, chiropractor as well, because we don't know everything that's going on. That's their specialty, but here's a few things we could do at home to really try to stimulate um, the, the vagus nerve. So it, you are correct. It is so, so powerful. Um, and Again, we often think of things in isolation, at least from, I'm going to say like a, a yeah. conventional uh, perspective, <laughs> right? Uh, it's funny that you're talking about magnesium because on my video today, my post today is on magnesium bisglycinate. And, you know, I'm talking about magnesium bisglycinate is something that's also going to work on the neural signaling. It's not just like a citrate that's going to pull water into the bowels as an osmotic laxative, right? And so understanding that there's so much to learn about all of these different things, your doctor, I love the MDs that I work with. I really have a great GP. I have a great OBGYN. Um, their training is their training. And so this is why oftentimes they know to say, hey, remove FODMAPs, drink your water, take some, you know, Miralax if you need to, to go to the bathroom, but there's so many other things that we can do. And that's what we want to, you know, shed light yeah. on today because we don't ever want to just look at things in a vacuum. We want to look at everything else. And so I love that you brought up the hydration. Uh, Cause I think that's, you know, obviously key. You got to lubricate those bowels. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's talk about, you know, how can chiropractic care alleviate constipation? So when you're doing adjustments, the cranial adjustments, and even some of the other you know, adjustments that you guys do, how is that helping? If you can explain. Sure. So there's two parts of the nervous system that help control your bowel function. One's the vagus nerve, which is going to be coming out, you know, right in the kind of the center of your head, right by the sphenoid bone. And then there are nerves around our tailbone and our lower lumbar um, area. They are the prudendal uh, nerve and the cauda equina. The cauda equina is like a horse tail at the end of our central nervous system. And so that actually lays over the lower couple of lumbar vertebrae and then the sacral area. So that part actually controls the innervation of the muscles around the sphincter area that kind of holds the poop in. And we have to relieve that or release that to be able to go to the bathroom. Um, and, and it also controls the sensation. So like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Um, this also affects um, when we have bedwetting with kids because there's sphincter muscles that for urine that during the daytime, our nervous system that we are in control over can actually clench that a little bit, right? We know when we have to go to the bathroom and we are to some degree with our minds controlling those muscles to not go to the bathroom. And then as soon as we sit down, we're like, okay, we're on the toilet. We might as well pee now. And so now voluntarily we can allow that to happen. 
at nighttime, why bedwetting happens at nighttime is that our brains are shut off. And so now we're reliant on the fit, the strength of the nervous system that goes to those sphincter muscles to actually hold the heron in for us. And if those muscles are disrupted in any way, then you can get some, some leaking of urine, sometimes just a little bit, sometimes it all comes out because there's just not enough control when our brain's not controlling it. And then um, I actually looked this up. I, when we're born, the sacrum, which is our tailbone, um, is not fused. It's actually five sacral segments and there's intervertebral discs in between each one of them, similar to what we have in our spine. And it doesn't start closing till between 18 and up to 30 years old is when it actually fuses together to become one piece. And I was shocked. I mean, I'm as I said to Becca, I'm sure I took a test on this at some point in chiropractic school 26 years ago, but I did not remember that it took that long. <laughs> um, and you think about how many times have you seen your little two-year-old fall on their butt? And they're really falling on an area that isn't as protected as it could be. And that cauda equina is right there. So you get a little misalignment of the lower lumbar and the sacral area, and that's going to miscontrol um, understanding when you have to go to the bathroom. It can cause pain going to the bathroom. It can cause weakness of the muscles and just the whole system not working properly. That's crazy. And Isn't I think crazy? Also, to an extent women in, and, and I see, I, I see constipation much more be a female thing. Yeah. Um, I think men do deal with it, but far less common in men than it is in females. Um, and so I don't know if that's something that you see, but I, and obviously we work with mostly females. So, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I, I would say post childbirth though, you also have when, when you give birth to a child, that same exact area is go is making room for a baby to come out of it, which is so amazing. However, those bones then have to come back together, right? Our pelvis area has to come back together from being stretched out and larger to hold a baby. And our bodies are supposed to do this as we're taking care of a newborn, not sleeping well, we're exhausted, right? And so it, our body isn't really set up in the best way as far as the time. We don't, how do I say it? There's not much space for a woman to have the time to really heal properly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I did that not, again. <laughs> I will here. I did not go to the bathroom after having Carson for close to a week. Wow. I was so I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. I was so it was my first birth. He was like eight pounds, twelve ounces, and I was just like terrified. And I yeah. had with constipation a little bit before having him. Um but I was like with Taylor, I was like on the magnesium gummies before I had her <laughs> like eight a day. Cause I was like, I am getting the stool as soft as possible to get it out of me and no problems with her. Um, yeah, with Carson, I, I had kind I for sure had constipation and a lot of it, I'm sure. Also fun fact. I don't know if you knew this. I've learned this today. Um, the female, uh, colon is 10 centimeters long than the male colon. And so wow. it actually shares space in the the pelvic area with like your reproductive organs and your bladder, yeah. Um, yeah. more so than it does for a male. And so hormones impact that obviously. And all of the, like, of course, obviously with pregnancy, progesterone can cause constipation mm -hmm. in high amounts. And so like, there's, there's so many things and we know those of you listening to the podcast, toxicity levels then rise within the body. We are supposed to have hormones go to a site and then excrete them out of the body. They shouldn't be like recirculating um, along with other things like heavy metals and all of that. And so I know sometimes when there are adjustments, people explain like, I felt more tired afterwards or I was sore, mm -hmm. or like I was 
and understanding, I don't know, you know, if there's like a scientific way to explain this, I don't have one, but understanding why after you do this, these things get released into the bloodstream. Yeah. So it's so interesting. Um, Patients respond to chiropractic care in so many different ways. For some people, they get really energized and they're like, whoa, I'm feeling, I'm like, I feel like I've like just got an adrenaline pop because like their nervous system like turns on, right? It really is just an elevation of our nervous system energy because we're taking away the, the parts of the bones that are, you know, just kind of very mildly shifted so that it's putting uh, pressure on the nervous system. The adjustment then just gently shifts those, those bones, which then opens the nervous system back up. Um, So some people just feel magnificent. Um, Some people, especially depending on what they're, what they come in with, the health of their overall body, how much they sit, um, if they're hydrated, what's their nutrition level. Um, some people can get what I would call, you know, a reaction to a chiropractic adjustment. Luckily, it doesn't happen all that often as far as like a really negative reaction. I mean, there have been patients, a couple of patients that have come in where we're like, listen, I can adjust you, but you're in so much pain that you could feel worse for a day or two. I don't believe that there's anything structurally wrong. Yeah, I don't think you have a disc herniation or anything like that because I've worked with them before and we know how their body responds. And I safely feel like we can go ahead and adjust them. They know they need to take it easy. They need to ice. You know, there's certain positions they can get into to, to help with the healing process. And then in a day or two, they feel fantastic. Um, it's kind of like you're poking a bear in some, with some patients, you're poking an area of inflammation, the muscles are spasmed, um, there's knots around the area. So, you know, every once in a while, someone, someone will be like, man, I didn't feel great for like a couple hours. And then I felt awesome. So it's normally very temporary. And as long as you're going to a good chiropractor that is, you know, paying attention and not, not adjusting, I mean, there's some patients that shouldn't be adjusted in certain areas due to, to, due to their, um, their medical history. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just in my experience, I am definitely more of the person that gets very energized. I feel really good. Um, and I would say too, I mean, I've worked with you. I've worked with Dr. Pat. I've worked with Dr. George. Your team is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. And one of the things Thank that, you. Um, you know, I know with all of you guys, you know, my lifestyle, you know, that I lift, you know, that I train Dr. George and I have little very long conversations about <laughs> these things. And he's like, show me your squad. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not here for a personal training session. He's like, but this is how, you know, this is correlating to other things in your life. And so he will very gently say, this is something that I don't really want to adjust. I want to work on some other areas first so we can come back to this, maybe, you know, at your next appointment or yeah. don't find, you know, all of the relief. So I do really appreciate about the, you know, that about your practice. And I also appreciate, because I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how frequently people should come and get these adjustments sure. for general health. I think some people hold adjustments much better than others. Uh, of course, your 100%. lifestyle is going to uh, play a big role in that. But I have never once felt, uh, for example, when I was in, uh, 16, I was hit head on by a drunk driver and I was in the chiropractor's office five days a week, then three days a week, you know, yeah. and I think at some point I felt kind of like, this is just prolonged care. I think I can kind of graduate <laughs> from this. <laughs> I never felt that way with your team. It, it's, hey, yeah. if you want to come back on Friday, call us and let us know. But otherwise, we did our job today and, you know, you've got the tools in your toolbox, maybe, you know, come see us or, or not. It's never been a pressure to come. And I, 
that's unlike some other practices. I just wanted to say that. Um, (laughs) Thank you. That's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really shows a level of care, right? You're not there just to sell people. So, um, you know, with that said, how frequently do you think that people should be, you know, just in general, maybe getting adjustments, not that acute kind of time where they do need a little bit more, but in general. So I think it depends on what your goals are. Again, what your current health level already is, what your previous injuries were. There are some people that if they don't get adjusted once a week, they are going to get migraines like there's no tomorrow. And um, so what, what I like to do with a patient like that is after we get them out of the acute phase of care, I like to keep stretching it out and seeing, okay, all right, well, let's get to a week, right? All right, we got to a week. You still felt pretty good. Maybe a little bit was coming back. And then by the time they get to a place where, hey, they still feel really good after a week. All right, let's try 10 days. Let's try two weeks. And at some point, as we slowly push that out, if that's what the patient wants to do and continue with some um, consistent chiropractic care, we get to a point where we go to three weeks and that was just too much. And so we go, all right, well, let's go back to two weeks. And it, and we kind of get to the place where we're not, the symptoms aren't severely coming back, but they're a little bit coming back. And that seems to be the sweet spot for myself. I don't thank God, knock on something. There's some wood somewhere around here. Um, I, I don't live in pain. Um, and I was a springboard diver and I thought I was going to be in a wheelchair. I mean, based off of the conventional medical system, I was told at 17, 18, I had a back of a, of an 80 year old woman. I was never going to get better. And I should just learn to live with it. That's what I was told after 10 visits with them. Anyway, that's another whole story. Um, I think maybe I shared that on the first podcast that I was on with you guys, but um, uh, chiropractic care, like saved my life. And I probably went in, I probably went in four times a week for a few weeks and then two times a week and then three. And but I really needed it because I was to the point where at 17, I would bend over to pick up a laundry basket. I'd fall on the ground. I couldn't get up, literally couldn't get up if you gave me a million dollars and I'd be in bed for four days recovering. Um, and I did that often. So my severity of symptoms created that need for more constant care. Um, for my for my kiddos that I see, if there's not any problems going on or you know maybe they came in for one issue and that issue is resolved and the the parents aren't really into like really consistent chiropractic care. I was like, you know what? A seasonal adjustment would be great as your kids grow, right? You think about all the different, you know, growing into, into crawling and then we're walking and then we're falling on our butts, right? And then we're riding bikes and then we're at the playground, right? And as that child's body grows, keeping the pelvis balanced and the cranial area balanced, dude, if you can do that, you're going to set up your child for so much more success with their body as far as the function of their body because the chronic issues that happen when someone comes in and they're 37 years old and they've had headaches all their lives and they've said oh yeah I was in a car accident when I was you know five and then I, I fell this at some point our bodies kind of mold into a certain position and it's really hard to make a forever change in the body Whereas with kids, oh my goodness, they, you know, they fall, they're just so moldable and their bodies are still at a place where their spine hasn't locked into position. So we have a lot of chance to make sure that they're growing straight, that they're less chance of scoliosis, that there's less chance of nervous system interfering with their organ function. Um, and, and even, even just 
everything, everything the brain does, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, I think that's, and I love that you talk about that because it's, I think so many people associate chiropractic care with like just back pain. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. so much more like it is, like you said, it is so impactful for the nervous system. And when we have trauma, whether it's physical or mental, emotional, like how our body just holds on to things. And I think that's another reason why people have constipation so much is because they're literally like holding things in like right. emotions, right. not just yeah. like, food. Yeah. like clenching so, your teeth, yes. you know? Yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. Teeth yeah. clenching is so huge. Um, and so people end up with these like physiological symptoms because of their emotional things. And so yeah. they like, maybe I need to go to therapy and yeah, absolutely. I think therapy can help, but understanding that it's not necessarily your mind that's yeah. causing it's like your physio, like it's yourselves, it's your body. Yeah. That's yeah. all these things in. And like, I know plenty of women that probably clench all day long, like suck their stomach in and like do all these. Yeah. Things and yeah. And they're not breathing properly. Right. Yeah. Because they're not, they don't want their stomach, their lower stomach to go out. Your lower stomach has to go out when you breathe properly. Oh, we have that. You know? we have lots of things we're protecting in there. Like, yeah, right. you know, shouldn't no, necessarily have a flat stomach, you know, it's, it's true. It's, you got ovaries and stuff that got to make, make the rest of our world down there. Um, and so I, I think that's a large contributing factor to it. What, what would you say are the top things Outside of back pain, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Yeah, no, that's fine. Top things um, that you see chiropractic care help with that people wouldn't think of. Absolutely. Um, headaches. Um, of course, constipation I'm putting on there. Um, ear infections for kids. Oh, man. Every time I see on Facebook that one of my friends that I know is just not fond of chiropractic care, you know, their child is going and putting tubes in their ears. Now, sometimes there have been rare occasions where I have seen a child or we have seen a child and they still need to get tubes. Um, but I just like, Oh, we could probably could have, we probably could have gotten rid of that. You know, it's just, ugh. so, so things like that. It's, it's sometimes I'm sure you guys feel this too, just some way. Like we know so much about, about the body that when we know that people are getting the input from a, a, a space where they honestly don't understand the nervous system the way we do. Um, it can be a little frustrating. Uh, what else? Um, lots of ankle knee stuff. Um, if the pelvis is out of alignment um, and you are running or doing a lot of walking, you are, your gait's a little off and you're going to strike down harder on, on one side. So some people will come into it and we'll adjust them. And they're like, you know, I always have this ankle pain. It's gone. Yeah. Because we now balance that out and your gait is better. And now you're taking the pressure off of that one side. Um, what else? Uh, I just had something in my head. Hold on. I'm going to say elbow and wrist. That's what I really found a lot of, um, relief with. And even, uh, so I worked with Dr. Pat during that time and you guys wrote me the script for the MRI. I did have a little tear. They told me six months to a year. I mean, I kept coming in for the adjustments with my wrist and my elbow and I've three yeah. months, maybe, you know, some of the yeah. things that he had me do and I wasn't the greatest uh, student. I'm going to be a hundred percent transparent uh, <laughs> okay. there. I did that. Those, those exercises really hurt. Uh, <laughs> they, they helped and they were effective. And um, yeah. So I just wanted to add that. And if, if that's yeah. something you were thinking about for people who type a lot on the computer, like the shoulder and all of that stuff, the neck, um, that was a lot of what was going on for me that was kind of radiating. And then sure. with my form in terms of sometimes like how I was lifting, he had me change some things for a few weeks to alleviate that kind of rotation and pulling on that particular muscles leading into my elbow. And it's like, brand yeah. new. 
Dr. Pat is a wealth of information. Mm-hmm. Like he really is. I mean, his grandfather was a chiropractor. His great aunt was a chiropractor. His dad was a chiropractor. Dad was the uh, first non-Palmer to be the president of Palmer College of Chiropractic. So he's just, he just comes from a big old line of chiropractors. <laughs> I said pregnancy too. I, I found so much help with my pain in pregnancy because I had, yeah, God, what's it called? I don't even remember now. Not SI pain. It was some acronym, um, but basically my pelvic was shifting. And like, if I would yeah. go to get out of bed, it would feel like someone would crack my pelvis. Like it would yeah. like someone yeah. took a bat to my pelvis. Um, yeah. so I couldn't move quickly out of the car. I couldn't like, it was, <laughs> it had gotten really bad. Um, and terrible. I went every week at the end yeah. of my pregnancy. Yeah. Well, and that, that now reminds me of what I was going to say. And I also want to say one more thing about like frequency. There, there are some patients that I feel like we have to see once a week. I get adjusted every two to three weeks. Um, I adjust my kids every two, about every two to three weeks. Um, Jason, I adjust probably once a month. So it really, really depends. It really depends um, on the on the patient and what their issues are. But one of the other things that you just reminded me of, Becca, was um, flipping uh, breech babies. So when, when the pelvis is, you know, as it gets expanded, as our babies get bigger, um, and if it's off kilter, it's not going to expand as much. And so the baby doesn't have as much room at the bottom of the uterus. There's just not enough room for the uterus to be big enough for baby to flip. Usually, man, I'm going to say it's about 70% ish a couple of adjustments, aligning that pelvis, adjusting the neck, taking pressure off the entire nervous system. Cause you have got, you've got a connection right from the upper, you know, the, the kind of like right under the occiput area, all the way down to your sacrum. And when this is all messed up, it torques the entire nervous system and every single nerve root. Anyway, normally a few quick adjustments and baby will flip. And it's, it's, it's amazing because now there's more room for the baby. There's more room for the uterus to be more bulbous at the bottom. So that baby has more room to flip. I'm not totally positive on this, but I do believe that they don't even teach delivery of breech babies anymore in OB, like in gynecology. Um, they just teach a C-section at that point. And like, it is so unnecessary, like you can deliver and you can flip obviously. Um, but yeah, that's crazy. I I'm wondering too, like people probably sleep better. That's another big one. um, I mean, you know, and again, as you dive into the hormones and neurotransmitters and everything that that's needed in our body, that it just does it on its own, right? You know, we've got the cortisol and the melatonin and, you know, all that, all that jazz, all of that's controlled by our, by our nervous system. And so um, also some people are in pain, so they're not sleeping. Another one is dizziness. Um, that is something that a lot of people's vertigo, dizziness, people struggle with. Um, and the nerve, the eighth cranial nerve that goes out to the ear is the vestibular cochlear nerve. When the cranial area is out of alignment or the upper cervicals are out of alignment, that nerve has pressure on it and it can cause a miscontrol of our vestibular system, which can cause dizziness or kind of a feeling of like uneasiness. And I've had people that have literally almost had to be carried into my practice. I do an adjustment, do a cranial adjustment and they walk right out. It's not always, but it it truly can be a, what feels like a miracle. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I know that we have to, um, you know, be respectful of your time and wrap up here. Can you expand a little bit upon what that adjustment is? Because your practice sure. is the only, with you specifically is the only <laughs> chiropractor that's ever done that to me. She did this to me in pregnancy 
and it's in the mouth. Um, yeah. you know, I remember you said, it's a, you know, can I put my gloves on to stick my hand in your mouth? And I said, I'm incredible. I've had one done before too. And nothing <laughs> ever like it. I, I yeah, don't know so, what this is going to do, but get it. So regular chiropractic is done on the outside of the body. We put hands on your body or, and we're, and we're finding misalignments and we're doing impulses with our hands or even with an instrument that's helping to align the body. The cranial bone, the sphenoid bone that goes directly through the center of the head, the very best way to get to it, to help with an adjustment of it is up behind the back teeth in the roof of the mouth. So some people do external, like the external part of it come at the side of your eyes. So some people will do external cranial work, which is great. Um, however, once you actually get inside the mouth, you have better access to it. So it does seem a little weird. I had a woman that I'd known from the chamber for like years and years and years. And uh, she was always very cautious about chiropractic, but she just was miserable and all of her friends saw us. And so she's like, all right, I'm going to come in. I never even adjusted her neck. I just did the cranial adjustment to start. But I remember looking at her like, can I put a glove on and put my finger in her mouth? And her, she looked at me like I had three heads and she's like, you know what? You're the only person I would trust to do that. Go for it. And uh -huh. she's. She came back the next visit and she said she got to her car and went to kind of look behind to double check that she could pull out. She said, I had so much more range of motion. I didn't realize how limited I was. And just from that one cranial adjustment, it gives me the chills. She was able, she's like, I almost looked all the way behind my head. I, she's like, I couldn't believe it. And then she was feeling so much better. And so that was, so that was wonderful. And the, the cranial adjustment for little babies, um, colic and, belly issues, constipation, cry. I mean, there's so many things that it helps. I just, I kind of just want to go in every hospital and like, just like stick my pinky in every, every little baby's mouth. <laughs> it would make me so happy. I would do that. For the, I would do that for the rest of my life. If I was given that opportunity, my daughter would bite your finger off. <laughs> <laughs> no, not as a baby though. They don't have any teeth. Yeah. Like no, very true. Very true. <laughs> um, I fortunately didn't have colic babies, um, but I know many people that did. And every time I talk to someone, I'm like, get them to a chiropractor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of, one of the things it's, uh, you know, as you know, I run the branch, which is a large mom's group, the power of moms, people ask about colic. Oh, who do you see? What do we do? They're telling me I had to put her on this medication or, you know, I've got constipation. I'm supposed to go on Miralax. And the, the amount of moms that like, please take them to a chiropractor. There has been a huge educational process on chiropractors from Facebook groups, mm -hmm. from that interaction, right? Because if you go to your one pediatrician and they have one set of training, one set of experiences, one set of belief system, and depending on how open-minded they are to anything outside of their scope of practice, you're, you're literally just getting one person's opinion and knowledge. Right. And so when you go to a mom's group, although some of the questions are a little out there, but um, when you go to a mom's group and someone asks, you're getting all of this experience of, you know, I've had, I've had, I had one woman come in, her daughter had severe, severe torticollis. She'd been through nine months of physical therapy and it had made about a 10% improvement. She finally came in based off of the branch. Someone had, she posted in the branch came in, she was so nervous because her pediatrician kept telling her, don't ever take them to a chiropractor because the chiropractor will hurt her. And she's crying going, I'm so scared to be here, but everyone keeps telling me to do a chiropractor. And I thought about chiropractic and my pediatrician told me no. And oh, again, this gives me the chills. 
I mean, this little girl could, she was like this, I mean, she could barely turn her neck. Um, and I would say, and we just started with the cranial adjustment. And I mean, within maybe two or three weeks, it was probably 40 to 50% better. Huh. And the mom came in again, sobbing, going, I knew in my gut, this is where I was supposed to be, but I didn't listen to the right people. So I'm always an advocate for being your own healthcare advocate and your child's. If something isn't right, if you're getting dismissed, if it's just, oh, that's just normal. So like normal headaches, there aren't normal headaches. We don't get normal headaches. They're not normal. Um, you're just so old. Just, you're just getting old. So everything's normal when you get old. Like I had this weird thing. I had this weird thing on my leg that I ended up going to a dermatologist when I was 35 years old. And the guy looked at me and said, you're just getting to that age. (laughs) I was like, what? I'm 35 years old. I'm getting to the age where weird red patches come out on my thighs. No, that's not, that's not true. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and, you know, the power of moms, moms will rule the world. Yeah. It's just really interesting, you know, and some people reach out and they're like, you shouldn't allow anyone to ask medical advice. And I was like, you know what? I go, I understand that there is some risk there because someone could say something that's really off the cuff or really like just not good advice. But I said, the amount of things that, that moms do get help with because of the great suggestions to me overrides. And hopefully if someone says something ridiculous, they, most moms will go, well, that sounds ridiculous. So, well, and and, and to be fair, these women are, are asking it's welcomed. It's solicited advice, unsolicited advice. Right. Um, And and that's where we have to put on our common, common sense. Um, (laughs) just fantastic. Uh, so anyways, um, I know that you have got to run to another meeting because we had our Zoom issues today. Please yeah, let us exactly. know where they can find you. Uh, I will obviously sure. put all of your uh, links and the chiropractic uh, clinic in the show notes. And I'm going to email Allison for an adjustment for Marcus and I. <laughs> uh, this weekend. Thinking about that, maybe after hot yoga, I'll have to shower and then head over there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. God, it always feels so good. Oh my goodness. I love getting adjusted. Um, man, where can you reach me? Uh, I won't give my AOL email address. Huh? I get so made fun of for that. I love my AOL. Um, I'm at, at Dr. Kathy Subber uh, in places. Uh, yeah, I think I'm the only Kathy Subber in the world. So if you Google Kathy Subber, you will find me. <laughs> I will put your podcast. I'll put the brand. Oh, thank you. I'll put thank you. Uh, your Facebook, your Instagram, and the chiropractic uh, clinic there. She is in Naperville, Illinois, near us. And so again, thank you so much. I think there's so many things for everyone to take away, uh, whether you're a mom or not. And I just want to reiterate one of the things that you said, things are, you know, headaches are not normal. Constipation is yeah. not normal. It's not a laxative deficiency. We don't have that. Uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't exist. It's not it's an not Advil deficiency. You know? right. <laughs> um, and so be your advocate, follow your gut, and advocate for yourself and your children. So with that, thank you again so much. And we will talk to you. You're very welcome. Soon.